is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? In 1962, I was born. Bread was 20 cent, 27 cents a loaf. Gas was 31 cents a gallon. Milk was $1.04. Glenn, John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth. That is, unless you believe a flat Earth or something like that. But, it, but that's, uh, we won't awake those people or anything like that. Uh, World Series, New York Yankees. I Can't Stop Loving You was the song by Ray Charles back then. World population was 3.1 billion. Today it's 7.9 billion. Now I don't know where nearly 60 years have gone. But the Bible tells us this. It says in Psalms 90 verse 12, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Why? Why should we do this? Well, because your days are running out. And it says to teach us to number our days. You know, when you get near 60 years of age, you realize I'm not going to be around that much longer. You know, I don't know what, another 10, another 15, you know, and, and I'm just not one of these that I, I just never have been, you know, one that wants to make it to 110 years old. I, I mean, I just don't. I mean, I know what I feel like now. And I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not one, oh, I might live to 120, I'll live to be 120. And I'm just not looking forward to that. I, I'm really not. Did you know that you are in the process of dying from your birth? Now, notice these pictures I'm putting up here. It just sort of tells a story of what it's like. And, and we don't really think of it that way when we see a little baby child or anything like that. But from birth to puberty to teen years to adulthood, we are all in the process of dying. Speaking of adult, you ever met people that cannot adult? I mean, they're, they're 30, 40 years old, and they just, they can't adult. They can't, you know, they can't, no permit, uh, living at home, uh, can't hold down a job, uh, they don't work, uh, their marriage doesn't work, their relationships don't work. You know, there are a lot of people that cannot adult. It's a shame. It seems like we create those people today. But anyway, you know, when you're young, you don't think about the fact that you are dying. You think you are immortal. Now, I know that myself because I used to, you know, I, I ridden motorcycles all my life and, and I used to bounce off the trail, I mean, bounce off rocks and stumps and banks and I was just zipping through the wood, woods wide open on my dirt bike. And uh, I had no concept. There were no cell phones back then. I would go way out into the mountain to ride. My parents didn't even know where I was at. And I, I guess I thought I was immortal because I, I did some, I mean, I pushed it to the limit. I twisted the wick, as they say on a motorcycle, you know. And much as I could twist it, just wide open and just, boy, was it fun. And, and boy, did I ever enjoy that. I really did. But you know, something hit me like a ton of bricks uh, about the creation account. 
Let's take a look at it in Genesis 2 and verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, if you're old and you look into the mirror and you see, you don't like what you see. You see wrinkles. You see, you just see things you don't like. Okay. Stuff showing up on your face. Stuff, bumps and things and warts and and who knows what else popping up on your body and and or you get the doctor's report that we're, we're, we're questioning something here don't know what's going on but it doesn't look good listen when you're old the tree of life that we just read about sounds so sweet as J jackie gleason used to say how sweet it is that tree of life man that sounds sweet but notice Genesis 2 and verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Now you know the story. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now you know the story. They chose poorly. They chose to sin. They chose to eat of that tree of the good knowledge of good and evil. And of course God comes along and, and Adam blames his wife. And of course Eve blames the serpent. And they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, after that occurred, this is what happens in Genesis 3 and verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Think about that. That was an option they had. They could have taken of the tree of life and eat it and live forever. So because they didn't, he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Just a little side note here, you know, just speculating here about what that, what, what was this cherubim? You know, they say folklore, some of the concepts of fire-breathing dragons and some of the folklore that goes down through history was probably where people stumbled across the original Garden of Eden and came across one of these cherubims with a flaming sword which turned every way. Probably where a lot of folklore came from is from coming across this garden many years later. But now my, my point is this. Adam and Eve did not even consider the tree that could have given them eternal life. Didn't even give it a second glance. Didn't even discuss it. Now if you think about it you'll understand why they didn't. Let me ask it this way. What age were they created? Well, they were created adults. Uh, they weren't created babies in the Garden of Eden. So they were created adults. I'm thinking teens or early 20s. And, and just like young people today, you don't think about dying when you're that age. You don't give it a second glance, a second thought, the possibility that one day you could die. You don't think about it. Now, if they had been created elderly, oh man, things would have been different. If they'd been stumbling around, you know, where's my glasses at? Oh, they're on my head. And where's my walking stick? And where's my, where's my hearing aids at? I can't hear anything. And where's my Viagra at? I, I need that too. And uh, listen, if they had been created elderly, they would have considered that tree of life, I guarantee you. It would have been sweet 
if they had been created elderly. But they were created young, and so they didn't give it a th second thought. They didn't even consider the fact that they were dying. And Satan comes along and puts the final nail in the coffin when he said, you shall not surely die. Oh my, oh my. From that point, it was never even considered. Here was a tree, two trees, but here was a tree that could have given them life. And they didn't even consider it. They had instead a desire for knowledge, which was purely ego-driven, purely ego. I know something you don't. Uh, we can be like God, knowledge and wisdom. They lost their innocence that day. Reminds me of a country western song, Strawberry Wine, about a woman who lost her virginity. She says in the song, is it really him or the loss of my innocence that I'm missing so much? Yeah, the loss of our innocence. You know, the ego can get us a lot of, into a lot of trouble. I mean, sometimes I see on Facebook, I'll see beautiful women who are posting a picture of themselves. Well, every, a new picture every day. I mean, it's like, hey, snap and snap and snap. You'd think they get sick of it, but, but they don't. It's a, it's a new, beautiful picture every day. But uh, and I sometimes look at it and I think, do they realize they're dying every day? Every day. And the answer is, no, they don't realize they're dying. Neither did we when we were younger. Now, I was born in 1962, and I've been in the process of dying ever since. But I want to switch gears here and talk about the death of a nation. The death of a nation. In 1962, the Supreme Court of the United States prohibited this, the saying of this non-denominational prayer in school. Now, what was this non-denominational prayer in school? How bad could it have been? Okay, here it is. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependency upon thee, and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Yeah, Supreme Court, 1962 prohibited this saying. Can you believe it? Yeah. In 1963, the Supreme Court banned Bible teaching in public school. And that's a strange thing. I mean, like I said, I was born in 1962, and it seems like our nation really started downhill, a downhill trend with some of these laws that were, you know, again, 19, 1963, the court, Supreme Court banned Bible teaching in public school. In 1980, the Supreme Court ordered public school to remove the Ten Commandments from students' view. We don't even want them to look at the law of God. Now, I want to look at some charts here that are revealing. Uh, teen suicide. Now, I want you to notice when the line started going up. Right there between 1960 and 1970, when some of these laws were enacted that I talked about, taking the Bible out of school and prohibiting, you know, just a simplistic, non-denominational prayer. Notice the chart starts to go up. Okay, teen suicides up 450%. That's suicide rates among 15-year-olds and 19-year-olds in the U.S., Child abuse up 2,300%. Uh, again, notice the chart. It goes off the, off the chart up to the top. Notice when it does. Is this a coincidence? No, it's not a coincidence. Illegal drugs up 600%. 
Talking about youths who have used illegal drugs. Up, notice the chart as it goes up, 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 up. Uh, criminal arrest of teens, up 150%. Divorce, up 350%. Notice the chart as it starts to go up, up, up. Now, birth to unmarried girls, up 500%. Again, is this a coincidence? No, it's not. It's cause and effect as we rejected our God and a nation started to die. Not only are we dying, we're getting older every day, but our nation is also dying. Now, the sad truth is this. I mean, it's, it's pitiful that the truth of the matter is our history, our historic record is clearly, it's clear America was built on Christian principles. I mean, we were built on, America was built on Christian principles. Now, I said in 1962, they took this out. They took this non-denominational prayer out. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependency upon thee, and we beg thy blessings upon our parents, our teachers, and our country. Well, okay, they took that out in 1962, the year I was born. Now, let's go back to the Supreme Court in 1892 and notice what they said. A little bit different back then, the fact that our nation was built on Christ Christian principles. It says, our laws and our institution must necessarily be based upon the teaching of the Redeemer of mankind. Okay, who's that talking about? It's talking about God. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. And in this sense, and to the extent, our civilization and our institution are empathetically Christian powerful concept. John Adams, 1756, said this, suppose a nation in some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book, and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts there exhibited. What a paradise would this region be? That's America's second president, John Adams. Uh, Daniel Webster, 1821, said this, if we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we and our posterity neglect its instruction and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. Wow, what a statement. Benjamin Franklin said this in June 28, 1787, a statement made at the Constitutional Convention. He says, We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Now, when you think about it, the question may arise, why are we dying as a nation. Now, when we look in the mirror, we understand why we're dying. I mean, that's just part of life. It is appointed to all men to die once, and so that's just because we took the wrong tree. Yes, we didn't even pay any attention to the tree that could have given us life. Because we participated in the wrong tree, because we sinned, we all have to die a physical death. That's just the way it is. As ugly as that is, you know, as painful as it is. But why are we dying as a nation? Well, I think it's two things. It's the sin of rejecting God and the sin of rejecting our freedom. 
the freedom that God has given us. Now, we are on a collision course with socialism. And I want to give you some, uh, it's called the Com Current Communist Goals. It's 45 of them. I'm not going to give you all 45. But uh, I'm going to read some of these that were written long ago and have been in place for a long, long time. Current Communist Goals. Okay, here's one. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Okay, goals of the Communist Party. Second one, eliminate prayer of any phrase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principles of separation of church and state. Okay, it's already happened, all right. Goals of the Communist Party, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. It's already happened. Uh, next one, current goals of the Communist par Party, discredit the American founding fathers. Present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. Current goals of the Communist Party, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the grounds that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying it's happening right now before our eyes. It's happening right now as I speak. It's already happened. You know, I was listening to Como, the, not the governor, of, uh, the fired governor of New York, but his brother. Uh, I can't think of his name, but Como, Como something. Anyway, uh, he was talking about COVID. And, you know, he said, we sure can't depend on help from above. You know, there is this rejection, this resentment about toward God in, in all facets of life. The media, uh, just everywhere you look, we sure can't depend on help from above. Speaking of God, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if you die from COVID, God can be a big help. It, it, it's called the resurrection from the dead, where, you could, where dead people come back to life. That's an enormous help if you die from COVID. And this COVID thing is driving me crazy. I mean, the mask thing is driving me crazy. Listen, I'm convinced that there are going to be people that when they do die and they're laid out in that casket, they're going to have their mask on because they are so paranoid. I mean, I, I believe that to be true. And that they're going to have been lying in the casket. They're still going to be wearing that mask. Oh, my goodness. It just drives me nutty. You know, it's, it's become like a a religious thing, the mask. It's become an issue of morality. You know, I'm wearing my mask. You're not wearing your mask? Hell no, I'm not wearing a mask. No, I'm not. Uh, but it's, it's become an issue of morality that separates people. You know, uh, okay, it can be what is needed is a return to God. And it can be you think about it, it can be so simple. Repent. Repent of what? Repent of your sins. Sin is the breaking of God's law, the Ten Commandments. Accept Christ as your personal Savior. Go down in the waters of baptism. Be renewed. Have received the Spirit of God. You know? 
God is not even asking for a lot from us. And here's a nation that since, you know, not, well, actually before 1962, but it's been in the process of just rejecting and rejecting and rejecting God. So how can we even find hope in a world that is dying? I mean, you know it's dying. You know as well as I do that it's dying. How can you find hope? What keeps us going, for pity's sake? How can you find hope in a world that is dying? Well, there's two, two great anchors that we, we need to have that we can hold on to. One is the statement that Jesus made, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. I want your kingdom to come to this earth. I want you to establish your theocracy. I want you to establish your government on this earth. I want you to put down man's government, man trying to govern himself void of the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, it's like the blind leading the blind. It's like the blind leading the blind when you don't have the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. So we're told to pray, thy kingdom come. Keep your eyes on the prize, okay? Keep your eyes on the prize. Daniel 7 and verse 27 says this. It says, In the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is the everlasting kingdom, kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. You know, this is such a beautiful verse here. The whole kingdom shall be given to the people of the saints, and all dominions shall serve him. You know, I, I, there's not, you know, God's been calling out his cabinet members for the last 2,000 years. Ever since the day of Pentecost, God has been calling out his cabinet members who will rule and reign with him at his return. And it's not complicated. You might say, well, how can I do anything? Well, let me just ask you a simple question. What wrong would you like to write? What wrong, and when you look at your world, world around you, what wrong would you like to make right? That's all we're talking about, what the kingdom of God is going to be about. It's going to be about people that, well, by that time, spirit being, our flesh will be changed to spirit, and children of God with all power who will make things right along with Jesus Christ as the great leader of this government on this earth. But that's, you know, it's a beautiful picture. And it's something that, you know, what we truly want is to see a better world. And what we lack is the power to make it better. Well, when this time comes, since God has been calling out his cabinet members, you're going to have the power to make it right. Yes, the power to make it right. A world like you want it. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death. Daniel 2 and verse 35 talks about this great image of Nebuchadnezzar that he saw in vision. It says, Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the and silver, and gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And a great stone, the great, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is talking about this great stone is talking about God's kingdom coming to this earth and filling the whole earth. Important point to realize. The kingdom is coming out of heaven and it's going to fill the whole earth. Okay? Whole earth. Not, not, okay. 
Understand that. Understand what I'm saying. The second anchor that gives us hope in a world that is dying is found in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. It's a very encouraging verse. It gives us hope that there's always a message of a way out. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. But if from thence you shall seek the Lord thy God, you shall find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation, and believe me, we're headed there if we're not already in it, we're headed for great tribulation. So it says, when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon thee, even in the latter days, and I'm so glad it says that, the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, God will forgive. Okay? What am I saying? I'm saying there's a message of a way out. You know, it's called repentance. It's called repentance. Now, do I believe that America and, and everybody's going to repent? You know, I have, I have to believe that it could. I mean, I have, it could happen. Okay? Maybe I don't have a lot of faith in that. But this verse gives us hope that says, you know, when the tribulation gets bad enough and you're hurting bad enough, there's always a message of a way out. And it's called repentance. Turning to God. Loving God. Accepting God's grace. Always a message of a way out. God puts it like this. I set before you this day life and death. And just like the Garden of Eden, there was those two choices. There was the tree of life that they didn't even consider. Didn't even consider. You know, our greatest sin is that we're dying as an individual and as a nation. And we don't even realize it until it's too late. I'm David Freeman. And that's what's really in your Bible. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on Earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all, absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth, and right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God, Rocky Mount, and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web 
at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.